Balaam wasn't able to curse Israel, but he still wants to harm them. So he decides on some wicked advice to this alliance of Moab and Midian. On The Bible Brief. Tell a friend about The Bible Brief today. Your recommendation can help your friends learn the Bible in a new way. Tap share on your podcast player and share your favorite episode. Take care lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land to which you go, lest it become a snare in your midst. You shall tear down their altars, and break down their pillars, and cut down their asherim. For you shall worship no other god, for Yahweh, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous god. Lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, and when they whore after their gods and sacrifice to their gods, and you are invited, you eat of his sacrifice, and you take of their daughters for your sons and their daughters whore after their gods, and make your sons whore after their gods. From Exodus chapter 34. Phineas is livid. The grandson of Aaron the priest has just witnessed a God-defying spectacle, and he can't believe that no one has done anything about it. Not even his great uncle Moses is addressing the situation. Not even his dad, the new high priest, is doing anything. It seems he'll have to take care of it himself. Phineas is livid, and it all started with that so-called pagan prophet, Balaam. God had never allowed Balaam to curse Israel. Despite the wages that he was paid by the Moab and Midian alliance, Balaam couldn't utter a single cursing syllable. Instead, up on those mountains overlooking the Israelite camp, he could only speak blessing. Blessing especially about a coming Israelite king. But those were God's words, not Balaam's. He had wanted to get paid for cursing and call it a day, but Yahweh had intervened. In the end, Balak had sent Balaam home. But Balaam didn't get very far. Soon he had had a thought. Perhaps I can't curse Israel, but I can do something for Balak. And his mind began to form a plan. If the battlefield wasn't a place that Israel could be defeated, perhaps, well, maybe the bedroom might work. And soon Balaam got to work on his plan, a plan involving the women of Moab and Midian. We read this in Numbers chapter 25. While Israel lived in Shittim in the plain of Moab, the people began to whore with the daughters of Moab. These invited the people to the sacrifices of their gods, and the people ate and bowed down to their gods. So Israel yoked himself to Baal of Peor. God had said that he was going to drive out the nations from before Israel as they came into the promised land of Canaan. But while they were at Mount Sinai, he had warned them. He'd warned them against making a covenant with any of the people of the land, and against taking their daughters as wives, and against worshiping their gods. The Israelites aren't even in the land yet, and they're already ignoring this warning from God. Note at the very end of this very small passage that it says this, Israel yoked himself to Baal of Peor. Yoking is an agricultural term that means something like to harness to. It's the same thing you would do when you connected an oxen to a cart. You would yoke the oxen to the cart. We're not expressly told that this is a covenant with the people of Moab, or a covenant with their false god Baal, but it might as well have been. 
As the people of Israel worship this false god called Baal, they do the very things that God forbade in Exodus 34. They take the daughters of the Moabites as wives. They sacrifice to the gods of Moab. They eat of the sacrifices as if they were priests to those gods. And they bow down and worship false gods instead of Yahweh alone. This is an egregious violation of not only God's warnings, but of the first two of the Ten Commandments. This next generation of Israelites has proven no better than the last. And we know what God's response will be as His people are unfaithful to Him. The anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. And the Lord said to Moses, Take all the chiefs of the people and hang them in the sun before the Lord, that the fierce anger of the Lord may turn away from Israel. And Moses said to the judges of Israel, Each of you kill those of his men who have yoked themselves to Baal of Peor. God's judgment is swift and severe as a plague begins among the people of Israel. And through Moses, he tells the people to hang the leaders of this rebellion in the sun in front of the congregation of Israel. His anger will continue to be vented in the plague until those leading this unfaithfulness are judged. Remember, this is similar to what happened when the Levites were ordered to kill the rebels in the camp after the worship of the golden calf under Aaron. God will not permit or tolerate the worship of false gods, especially by this nation he has chosen for himself. But despite this judgment that begins to be carried out, someone in the camp, one of the leaders of the tribes, chooses to continue flagrantly violating God's command. Let's keep reading. And behold, one of the people of Israel came and brought a Midianite woman to his family, in the sight of Moses and in the sight of the whole congregation of the people of Israel, while they were weeping at the entrance of the tent of meeting. Can you imagine this for a moment? God has sent a plague on the nation for intermarrying with the Moabites and Midianites and for worshiping their gods. And Moses has commanded that the leaders of this be hanged. And in the meantime, a leader of one of the tribes flagrantly continues rebelling against God's command in front of Israel. It was like this man was saying, I'll do what I want and you can just continue to die in this plague. I don't care. All I want is this Midianite woman. It's this gross display of selfishness and irreverence that has Phineas riled up and fuming. Moses and the people around the tabernacle tent have seen what this man is doing, and they're apparently dumbfounded and shocked to the extent that they're frozen. None of them are doing anything about it. So Phineas takes matters into his own hands. When Phineas, the son of Eliezer, son of Aaron the priest, saw it, he rose and left the congregation and took a spear in his hand and went after the man of Israel into the chamber and pierced both of them, the man of Israel and the woman through her belly. Thus the plague on the people of Israel was stopped. Nevertheless, those who died by the plague were 24,000. Phineas stopped the plague, because Phineas carried out that judgment that should have already been meted out to this tribal leader. For the leader's sin against God's law, and for the woman's sin in affecting others to worship false gods, both were put to death. And this action by Phineas pleases the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, Phineas, the son of Eleazar, son of Aaron the priest, has turned back my wrath from the people of Israel, and that he was jealous with my jealousy among them, so that I did not consume the people of Israel in my jealousy. Therefore say, Behold, I give to him my covenant of peace, 
and it shall be to him and to his descendants after him the covenant of a perpetual priesthood, because he was jealous for his God and made atonement for the people of Israel. God's zeal for faithfulness and care for his people shows itself as a godly jealousy. God knows that faithfulness and obedience to him is the best thing for his people, and his desire is to protect and preserve that faithfulness from any who would try to draw them away to false worship. That is God's desire, and that was the desire of Phineas. For his zeal for God, Phineas is rewarded with a covenant of a perpetual priesthood. And Phineas, for his part, will be put to work against the Midianites again very soon. The story picks up again in Numbers chapter 31, where we see Phineas continue what he started for Yahweh. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Avenge the people of Israel on the Midianites. Afterward you shall be gathered to your people. So Moses spoke to the people, saying, Arm men from among you for the war, that they may go against Midian to execute the Lord's vengeance on Midian. You shall send a thousand from each of the tribes of Israel to the war. So there were provided out of the thousands of Israel a thousand from each tribe, twelve thousand armed for war. And Moses sent them to war, a thousand from each tribe, together with Phinehas the son of Eleazar the priest, with the vessels of the sanctuary and the trumpets for the alarm in his hand. They warred against Midian, as the Lord commanded Moses, and killed every male. They killed the kings of Midian with the rest of their slain. They killed the five kings of Midian, and they also killed Balaam, the son of Baor, with the sword. Yahweh commands Moses that Midian is to be decimated because of their actions against Israel. The nation of Midian had given its daughters to seduce the Israelites and to promote the worship of their false gods, and God would take his vengeance on that nation through Israel. Israel would be the sword that God would use, showing his people the severity of his judgment upon this pagan people. A 12,000-strong army from Israel goes after Midian in battle and succeeds without losing a single Israelite soldier. God protects his people as they carry out his sentence upon Midian, and Israel kills all the Midianites except for the virgin women of Midian. Since the virgin women couldn't have been involved in seducing the Israelites, they were spared from the judgment. All the other women were killed for taking Balaam's wicked advice to seduce the Israelites to sin. God is serious about his people and seriously protective of them. Those who come against them will suffer an awful fate. It's fitting that when Jesus is teaching 1,500 years later, he would reflect this exact attitude. He says this in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17. Temptations to sin are sure to come, but woe to the one through whom they come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were cast into the sea than that he should cause one of these little ones to sin. God is zealously protective of the love and obedience of his people, and he is seriously against those who had caused them to stray from the worship of him alone. Midian had been the place where Moses went for refuge from Pharaoh many years prior. But when it turned against God's people, God turned against that nation. Balaam was used by God to utter an incredible prophecy of Israel's future king but he soon found a way to make the Israelites stray from worshiping Yahweh. God judged his wicked behavior, and he died with the Midianites. The author of the book of Hebrews 
summed it up succinctly like this. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Join us next time as Moses speaks to this new generation, telling them what will come next as they enter the land of Canaan. The Bible Brief is brought to you by the Bible Literacy Foundation, dedicated to helping people like you learn the Bible. Copyright Bible Literacy Foundation 2023.